0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This episode of the DGD Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is the ultimate shopping destination for Georgia Bulldogs fans like yourselves. I'm talking about a great shopping experience with everything you want and need to show off your Georgia pride. They have licensed Georgia apparel from brands like Nike, Cutter & Buck, Columbia, Peter Millar, Champion, and also they have a 2 for 38 t-shirt special, so go check that out. Make sure your family is game ready with apparel, accessories, and gifts. They're located 10 minutes from campus in Athens. Check them out in store or go to alumnihall.com. It's where the Bulldog fans DGD shop. podcast. You know who it is. We've got our friend Jake Crane from Crane and Company back on the show. Back on the show, guys. Uh we're gonna talk some Tennessee football. Simple as that. Jake, first off,
2: how are you, my man? Man, doing good. Just uh getting ready for the show today. Got Barrett Sally on. So uh gonna be talking a lot of college football as as we enter August, which you know means it's here basically. I can't wait.
1: Oh yeah, now I was—I know—sitting here looking at August first. There's there's actual college football being played today. Simple enough. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm as enough.
2: excited as anybody.
1: You know, I was sitting there thinking about it too. Like, obviously, we we start our season off in September, but if you're if you're if you're not a casual, you're going to watch Week Zero, and that's going to be interesting. I, I went on a I went on a Reynolds rant, if you will. I'm tired of the hypothetical bullshit talking, right? I'm I'm tired of talking season. But I mean, what are you? Are you you hear it, right? You know what I'm talking about. Texas fans yeah. being, you know, Texas being back. Miami fans, where Cristobal is going to be the next national champions. Um, I'm just ready for football at this point.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I I think we all are. You know, the talking the talking stuff gets us through it, and and obviously recruiting, and and now the transfer portal. You know, I will say though, I why do we call it week zero? Like what, it's like, I, I don't understand. It's like patient zero. It's like, no, that was the first person. Like it's the first week where we're playing college football. Like that. I don't understand why we call it week zero. It's like pre-boarding for the plane. No, you're not pre-boarding. You're just the first people to board. Like Like, I don't know why we do this mental gymnastics. Like it's, it's week one. It's the first week, but, that's neither here nor there. That's that's for me and my own thoughts. I that,
1: guess. That's that's a definite Jake take that I'm on board with. Period. period. Yeah, I just
2: don't get it. Patient zero. So what? It's a ghost? Like I don't. I, I don't. Where is it? Like, like patient zero. Like show me who that is. If it's the first person, then okay, that's the first patient. Like I just. I'm I'm not understanding why we do this.
1: I don't either, but I just know what comes with week zero. And that's yeah. college football. That's college football. I don't care. I don't care. It's just football. Unless you unless you have to watch Vanderbilt and Hawaii play. And then that, Is that football?
2: I don't know. Well, now, now we can start talking maybe about week zero a little bit. Maybe about ghosts when it comes to Vanderbilt. I mean, they couldn't even win their spring game. So, you know, at this point. At this point, uh, you know. And I will give them credit. You know, the, the old adage, work smarter, not harder. I mean, that's Vanderbilt and the SEC for you. Completely agree. All right, folks, we're done talking about – we can bash Vanderbilt another day. Jake, let's talk
1: Tennessee. Tennessee, good topic right there, right? Yeah. So, first off, we'll go ahead and dive straight into this. I'm ready for for the brigade to come in on this one. First off, first things first, we'll pull up the schedule. We're going to break it down half and half. So, first off, Tennessee, you know, play ball state. Then they go to Pitt. Then they have Akron and Florida. They host Akron and Florida. Then they go to a trip down to the Bayou, right? Good uh, T-Bob down there. And then they host Alabama, right? So your first six games, right? I'm looking at this right here. I want to get your thoughts on this first, and then I'll kind of I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit further. I think they can start off not as hot as people would expect them to be.
2: I'll just leave it at that, but I'm going to let you elaborate a little bit. Yeah. You know, I've I, I've got Tennessee finishing second the East, going five and three. I think that first six game slate, uh, I think they're going to go four and two. Uh, you know, you go to LSU with Brian Kelly and them humming down there. They're always going to have a good roster. Here's here's my thing on Tennessee. You know, I, I love that they return Hendon Hooker. You know, I know they lost Velas to the draft, but they have some talented talent, uh, talented players there. Brew McCoy, I'd go down the list. But when you run that style, what, what I'm gonna, what I am probably looking at the most at, when I look at Tennessee this year is, are they gonna go the speed limit a little bit more? Because I just don't believe operating at that pace, you can win the East right now with, with, with Georgia in it, or that you can beat Alabama, or you can win the games down the stretch that you have to win against those type teams to be able to win a national championship, which is what Tennessee fans want. You know, the we know the standard at Tennessee, what they believe they're capable of, but when you go that fast. You know, it's it's nice to be able to go out. And, oh, you scored in three plays. And then you went three and out, three and out, three and out. Oh, and you scored in four plays. Well, that's all great, but that means that the that the offense has been out there for less than twenty plays, which means the defense that still doesn't have the depth it needs, in my opinion, yet to be a, to be, a, be an elite defense. I think Tennessee fans will agree with me. That puts a ton of pressure on a defense, and balanced teams win national championships. I'm not saying you have to be. Nobody's really 50-50. But there are some games, there are those two or three games a season, where the offense isn't clicking. I don't care what style of offense you run, and you score 24 points or 27 points or 21 points, and you need that defense to save you. We've seen it with the best Alabama teams. We've seen it with the Georgia teams. We've seen it with Ohio State teams that win the Natty. I don't feel like you can trick your way to a national championship. And when you go that fast, I would hate as a DC to walk in there and be like, guys, if we can just give up 35 this week, I just don't, I don't like that mindset. I think it's tough. I'm not saying you can't win nine games. I'm can't, I'm not saying you can't screw out and win 10 games, but you're not going to win the SEC and you're not going to win the national championship. Uh, I think you, we saw Mike Leach come in running the air raid, right? Let's go fast. Let's go fast. He comes to the SEC and says, wait a minute. We have to start slowing down. Lane Kiffin, Let's go fast. Let's go fast. Let's go fast. Comes the SEC. We need to start going the speed limit more. Gus Malzahn, who basically invented the hurry up no huddle, got slower and slower and slower and slower because it's not sustainable. And you're in year two now. The book's out on you. (laughs) Not that Josh and them won't keep evolving and adding wrinkles and all this stuff, but it's like like a lot of you see these young pitchers, these rookies come up in the major leagues, and you're like, man, Your first three outings, you're looking fantastic. We're like, we got the next Cy Young. Then all of a sudden, outing four, five, and six, you start getting hit around a little bit. Why? Because the book's out on you. And it's one thing to go watch film and say, all right, well, UCF did this under Josh Heifel. And then it's another thing to be calling the defense against it live. You get a better feel for it. You kind of understand more on the fly what's going on. So I would not be shocked if you saw Tennessee early in the game early in the game go a little bit slower to let that defense rest
1: you you have to because the crazy stat of the year last year was the Kentucky game they won but you you play, your defense played 99 snaps and and won To me, obviously, like you said, it's a matter of sustainability, and that's not sustainable because they got wrecked by Georgia.
2: Yeah, well, think about it. All right, you go play 99 plays against Kentucky, who you got next? LSU, Like, like Bama, Georgia, Florida? Like, you can't, it's not sustainable. Going through the SEC is a battle of attrition. It is not how good your starting 22 is, it's how good is your first 60. That's what it is. It's my best 60 versus your best 60. And I just, I just feel like when you operate like that, you have to thread the needle even more. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs>
1: um, but no, I think You're good. You're good. I, th- I think when you look at the, the the how they handle things, right? It's kind of expected for year one, right? But I think the key for me is to how do they handle it in year two because you have to make changes. It's it's a it's a copycat league, but it's also a team, or it's also a league where people adapt and will scheme against it. And when you have guys like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, because hey, Tennessee plays. These guys, you know, every year. Right. I think that's a key there, in my opinion, that they have to adapt. But going back to the graphic here first, um, pulling it back up, I I, I see I see four and two. I think no, actually no. I'll go five and one. I'll go five and one. And I know you I know your thoughts on LSU. I think LSU is going to be dangerous. But I'm curious to see year one under Brian Kelly. How how do they handle things? Right. How do they handle, you know, obviously, you know, the coaching, the culture change, the coaching change. Right. I think it's going to be a damn good game. But let me let's be honest, Alabama is going to route Tennessee. But I've got I've got a am going to give them benefit of doubt and go five and one with the surprise probably being at LSU. Um, if you're looking at these first six games, Jake, what, what is your take for these uh, for the uh, for the record coming
2: out of the out of the Alabama game? Yeah, I think after Bama, uh, they're going to be four and two. You know, Pitt losing Kenny Pickett and then Jordan Addison. You know, while well, I think they're still going to be formidable. Narduzzi and them have an identity. They know what they want to do. Uh, I think Tennessee just has too much. Uh, I, I think they have too much firepower on offense. And and look, you know, you, you go to LSU, then you get Bama. I got them going five and three. Like I said, I think they lose LSU, Bama, and Georgia. Uh, I think those are the three which i mean outside of that i mean you go 9 and 3 year 2 at tennessee get to play in a pretty good bowl game you now now the NCAA stuff is out so that dark cloud is is kind of not hanging over their head i don't think they're going to get hit really hard because of all the legwork because of firing jeremy pruitt and stuff like that and they get, and they fired him with cause you know you go yeah. 9 and 3 this year with getting that cloud out from over your head you got to feel really strong even though you're losing Hendon Hooker going into that next year because Hypo's going to be able to coach quarterbacks. We've watched him. He understands how to do it. And and that whole system going fast like that is based on the idea of catching the defense in base. Cuz if I catch you in base more times than not, I make it harder for you to make checks because we're going so fast. But when when I catch you in base, not only do I know what your base is, I most likely know what your checks is to trips out of that base coverage, to quads out of that base, to you know 12 personnel, 13 personnel, heavy checks, condensed formation, uh, FIB, which is formation into the boundary, stuff like that. So that's why you do it. It's addition by subtraction. It's basically oversimplifying it with speed. So uh, there are going to be some wrinkles you see defensively, but it's still going to catch you. It's still going to catch teams that don't have depth, but, but it's just how much Are you going to be able to get away with it? So I look at that schedule and I legitimately see nine and three. And like I said, if they go nine and three year two under Hypel with the NCAA cloud lifted, there's going to be a lot of optimism in Tennessee, which you're going to see in recruiting because they are very, very influential on social media as a fan base. When it comes to recruiting, They're some of the best at it.
1: You know, I'm with you there. And as a pull, I'll go back. I forgot about this. Um, You know, so like I said, I've got, I've got them losing to Alabama, but, it's called me crazy. I think Kentucky handles him this season.
2: So I'm you kind of know, I, 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 I'm telling you right now, I like Will Levis and and I like C-Rod, but losing Wandell Robinson, I don't think enough people are talking about that. Well, you also you lost Darian, Darian Kennard. I think that's you a key lose Canard. You you lose Canard, and look, Kentucky just started throwing the Ford pass last year after after some you know time yeah. machine hiatus. Groundbreaking with Eddie Grand. Yeah. But but Wondell Robinson made Will Levis right a lot, a lot, especially down the field. I mean, Wondell was so good at tracking the ball. I mean, how many catches did he make where he had to either stop, he had to come back. He had to turn over the opposite shoulder. He had to absolutely run one down like an outfielder, knowing where to go. I think that loss is going to hurt him. And I love that the way Mark Stoops has built Kentucky. All right, from the inside out, he gets it. And I'm the one who I'll sit here and still say it. Mark Stoops is the best coach in Lexington, and I don't even think it's close. So I like Kentucky. I like what they're building. I like what they've built. But I think Tennessee getting them at home with – you know coming off losses too to in my opinion at LSU then Bama then I think you get a reprieve then then Kentucky that's going to be a big one that they have to have and when you're and when you're projecting you know outcomes or doing predictions for seasons you have got to look at those stretches of 3 to 4 games 4 to 5 games without a bye week because that is where the slip ups happen that is where you see it so like look at the schedule right now you've got LSU on the 8th Bama on the 15th, UT Martin on the 22nd, Kentucky on the 29th, Georgia on November the 5th. I mean, that it's brutal. If you look at it, I mean, they're they're bye week, when you really chop it down, I mean, you've got one in between Florida and LSU. I mean, that's really the main one you're hoping to lean back on. So that's going to try and catapult you into LSU and Bama. Then by the time you hit October, October 29th, that's four straight games. Bang, 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 bang.
1: Yeah, you know, sitting here looking at it though, too, right? I think, you know, the timing of the bye week for them is rough. And, you know, you look at, you know, obviously UT Barton comes in after Bama, but when you play Bama, it's, you know, and they're used to it every year, it's one of those things where you don't really get back to normal, if you will, what you were before they come out of that game. But, you know, then you sit there, you know, like you said, Kentucky is a physical team, and I like what Soups is doing there. Obviously, like I think, I think that Kentucky might surprise them. I just think that you know Tennessee might slip up and lose a game that they might
2: not be expected to lose. Oh, they definitely could. I mean, again, if that offense goes three and out five times in a row, you're in trouble. Like you're yeah. you're in legitimate trouble for the rest of the game. I just I just think that Kentucky game is going to be a must win game for them at home. I think that's going to be the one that catapults them through the back half because the back half of that schedule outside of Georgia. Really isn't super difficult compared no, I mean, to the front end. So, for what it's worth. No, if for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. If they're able to get through that that first stretch and get that win over uh, over Kentucky, because I believe uh, LSU, so that would put them at, you know, they'd be one and two in the SEC going into that Kentucky game, and yeah. that that'd be a must win for them to get to two and two. Then you lose to Georgia, go two and three, win the rest of your SEC games, the last three end up going five and two or five yeah. and three. Excuse me.
1: Kentucky and Tennessee, right? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, so Kentucky and Tennessee. I think they're going to play for second in the East. I think think Florida is not there just yet in year one, right? In year one, I just don't know if they're ready for that. But nine and three is a damn good uh, year two for what it's worth.
2: I agree. Do what? I, said, I I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be between Tennessee and Kentucky for second in the east. Like I said, you know, Billy just needs time with that roster. As crazy as it sounds to think that Florida doesn't have a good roster with all that talent, uh, I think Billy's going to need some time. It's just the truth.
1: You know, so I'm sitting here looking at it right after Georgia, right? They come to Sanford, and that's where I think that Georgia's fortunate here from a standpoint where, listen – you you have Hendon Hooker there, and I think Hendon Hooker is going to be a damn good quarterback this year, just the same as he was last season. But when you look at the Georgia game, then you got Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, right? Those are three easy wins, right? So, I, do you have Tennessee finishing second, or you have them second, right? If I'm not mistaken, so second, yeah, I got yeah. I got I got them second. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I think you have them second as well, and and I think South Carolina at Willie B toward the end of the season is going to be interesting, and I know – I'm going to explain this. From a from a standpoint of – like, from that standpoint where, you know, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler and stuff, there's a lot of people that have mixed feelings about that. But I think that could be an interesting game. I think Tennessee wins, but I think it's an interesting game. Um, but I do have a question yeah. from the brigade here, and I'm going to pull it up here. You're a betting man. Can we get an over under on mustard bottles thrown? And what about golf balls? We need, we need answers. I would assume. The you know, I'm gonna take, I'm
2: gonna, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take the under, um, you know, that was such a crazy situation and, and there's no excuse. And I don't think that represents, you know, that the Tennessee fan base as a whole, just like, I don't think Harvey Updike represents the Alabama fan base uh, as a whole. So, I'm going to take the under, you know, it was such an embarrassing thing last year. I, I know Lane Kiffin upset you. I know he pissed you off, but oh, you're throwing golf ever. balls, you know, from from stadium seats. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I think that was such a bad look last year. And, and I think that type of stuff hurts you in recruiting. Uh, I, I think it does. I think you're able to point it back to. and say, look, it has to. You know, look how these people act.
1: Well, my thing is, I don't even think the question is over under. My question is, why the hell did you – how did you have a golf ball in the stadium when you're
2: going to watch a football game? Like, what What did – Look, either
3: – e-
2: Like, did – That was just, your lucky golf ball that, that wasn't – Yeah, like, that was your lucky golf ball that wasn't lucky anymore. Or you brought it in to legitimately throw it Lane Kiffin. Those two things are different, but at the end of the day, you still threw a golf ball, man. Like, like that rough. could really legitimately hurt somebody. And I'm all for booing. I used to love playing on the road. I love when people yell profanities at me. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm weird like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you start doing physical things. That's a totally different realm.
1: No, absolutely. I'm sitting here looking at it,
2: right? It's
1: one of those things where you watch the game. And I understand how big of a game that was, right? The emotions were already high because of Tennessee and what, you know, what Kiffin did there. Like, let's be honest, he was younger. But definitely handled it the wrong way, in my opinion. But when when the officiating – if I'm not mistaken, the to that the officiating made a rough call that didn't go their way and it cost them the game. But uh, yeah, there's no excuse, regardless. Like, you don't yeah, want to like, see what, what is it going to do? do it, shoot, all of
2: a sudden, you're going to hit him with a golf ball, and the referee is going to go, Wait, wait, we were wrong. We were Reverse wrong. They're throwing golf balls. Let's, the let's redo really the play really like that first. You're just adding insult to injury.
1: Yeah, so as uh, as our friend here, 63-30 says, Kiffin even used the same golf ball at the old Miss baseball game as a first pitch, and he said it was epic. Dude, this just goes to tell you that the best troll, right, the best troll has to be Nick, uh, Lane Kiffin, man. Like, the dude just lets it go. It's just yeah. beautiful. It's, it's poetic, right? It's poetic. Uh, speaking of trolls, listen, you know I'm from North Carolina and, and had a recent commit, Jamal Jarrett. Did you see his commitment uh, video?
2: Yeah. Yeah, the one where he uh, made it look like he was going to North Carolina and then then did the Georgia thing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, without doing yeah, a hat house, that was beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, my, I, I just – maybe I'm old school and look, it's his – he's put himself in a position to be able to make – that is something It's a good look. Like if I'm looking, you know, as every, every one of these kids thinks they're going to the NFL, their family thinks they're going to the NFL – so if I'm looking forward that far, I am going to be the most professional, business type person you have ever seen. I don't want them to be able to come back because they look at everything. They go and ask the cafeteria lady from middle school, your preschool teacher, uh, how good your mom did in Lama's class when she was pregnant. Did they go all the way back? So I don't want to get them, give them any ammunition to be like, well, this guy, you know, his attitude. He, maybe may be something like that. But, again, they're kids. They've given themselves. He's worked hard enough to put himself in that position. It's his choice to make, but it's also my right to not think it's a good look. There you go.
1: Now, I do want to ask you this, right? We, we've talked Tennessee. We've got them going about 9-3, right? I would say 9-3 uh, both on um, just different ways to get there. Uh, second in the East, uh, like I said, Tennessee's going to do a lot. Um, and we've talked about some names. You know, Obviously, they lose Villas-Jones, which Villas-Jones last year towards Georgia – so if you're not familiar, Georgia fans remember that name. But he is now gone. Um, are there some names to know, in your opinion? Right. I think outside of the obvious in Hendon Hooker, right? Do you have any names that maybe Georgia fans should keep an eye out for when we play them in Sanford?
2: Well, you know what? A lot of people would go receiver and and running back and stuff. I'm interested to see the offensive line. You you know that they're, they're returning returning some guys there's, you know, Cade Mays is gone. A couple of those other guys is gone. They kind of did the Cupid shuffle a little bit up front. But when you, regardless of what system you run, having an offensive line that is somewhat veteran, knows what to expect. They've been able to tag blitzes. They can slide protect. Because if you watch the way that Tennessee operates in the run game, that takes a lot of toll on the offensive line. So we talk about depth up front. When you're operating that fast and going that fast, yes, you work on it in practice. Yes, yes, you have scrimmages. Yes, you do the weightlifting and the winter workouts. But it's tough to recreate how tough that is on an offensive lineman going all the way down the field. It's hard on defensive linemen, but those offensive linemen aren't little either. So so the replacements up front for Tennessee, to me, are going to dictate how far they go. Because when you when you got – you got to be able to line up and run the ball in third and one. you got to be able to line up and and get third and two and not have to sit here and play action and dink and duck and do all these crazy things. So you'll hear about names at receiver and playmakers down the field and running backs that can break long runs. But to me, I'm looking at that Tennessee offensive line because I know Josh Heupel and them are looking at that Tennessee offensive line.
1: No doubt. So I want to ask you one more question. If if we had to go on way too early, what do you think the score prediction would be for Tennessee-Georgia?
2: Oh, man. Um, it's going to be tough. I would say Georgia – give me Georgia 38-27.
1: Respectable. I, I think a lot of people sleep on Georgia's offense, man. Like, like I understand people hate Stetson. I get it. But at the same time, like, he was efficient and and that can be the key. Yeah, I opinion.
2: I don't get that. Like I don't I don't get that. Number 1, if you're a Georgia fan, I would be thanking God every day for Stetson Bennett cuz it wasn't Matt Stafford who had AJ Green. It wasn't Aaron Murray. It wasn't he was the quarterback on the team that won the Natty. And I don't think Stetson gets enough credit. I watched Stetson bring y'all back in the Natty against Bama. So like people yeah. need to start putting some respect on Stetson Bennett's name. Like they act like he's just this slap dick that's just out there handing the ball off. I'd take Stetson Bennett over Blake Sims. I'd take oh. Stetson Bennett over Jake Coker. I'd oh. take, like, Stetson Bennett, number one, runs four or five, which people don't realize how fast that that's, is. That's he controls, controls the game. And, the yeah, the term game manager is the worst term in sports. If I have a quarterback that is not a game manager, I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson or Stetson Bennett. We are screwed on every different level. Half a quarterback's job is to manage the game. That term sucks. We need to stop using it because it's it's misleading, in my opinion. So w- when you look at Stetson Bennett, I would be a lot more thankful, honestly, to have Stetson Bennett than I think a lot of Georgia fans are because if they do win it this year, which I don't think they're going to, then he is the greatest. You can make an argument; he's the greatest quarterback of all time at Georgia, and people will freak out about that. But give me the guy that wins the Natty. You can have everybody else.
1: No, that's it's you know at this point, like he he proved me wrong, right? I'll, I'll go, Like I said, I'll admit it. He proved me wrong. I thought it was JT uh, that was going to do it. Obviously, that didn't happen. But like I said, I gotta take it for what it's worth. But now I'm sold on it, right? Like, come on, he he proved everybody. Like he should have. Um, but I do have a question from you here as well
2: again. Yeah. Correct.
1: Oh, sorry. So uh, Patrick asked, do you see an sec
2: championship within the next five years in Knoxville? If they start going the speed limit more. Yes. I think there's a very good possibility with the cachet that Tennessee has with their ability to recruit. If they keep operating at warp speed all the time, outside of when they're trying to control the clock at the end, I don't think they're going to get over that hump because it's not like teams are getting worse. South Carolina's not getting worse. Kentucky's not getting worse. Florida's going to be better than what they have because of the roster. But I just – until Tennessee goes the speed limit, at least some, I don't think they can string enough big wins together against the elite teams to be able to make that step. But I think Josh will. I think he'll start going the speed limit more. Yeah, I think you. I mean,
1: that's the only way to – I think that's the only way to to win consistently is to do that because yeah, you look at you look at Georgia. Right? I'm gonna take Georgia as an example. Obviously, where Georgia show, even with Georgia's depth, if you if if our offense played that fast, even as how much we rotate, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Like it would help, I agree. But it wouldn't matter. I agree. Like, so like you know, and that's why I'm thinking for me, I think this is what's gonna make it interesting is. You know, we play, you know, they play us. Like, we'll even pull the graphic back up, right? So you're looking into what you're looking at eight games in, nine weeks in before you play Georgia, right? Now, yeah, they come to Sanford, but there's a lot of time to get those kinks squared away, right? Like, figure out, you know, trying to adjust and, you know, adjust the lever, right? The level speed, you know, all this stuff. I, I think you see they have to do that, right? I still think. The recipe of body against body, though, is what's going to be the detriment to Tennessee against Georgia because, I mean, outside of Alabama, out on our schedule, because we, I'm just going ahead and chalking us into to Atlanta, I, maybe maybe Oregon, but not even like the the depth and the bodies, nobody matches up, and that's where last year, right? You you handled you you rode the wave, right? Yeah, they threw up 17 points on you, but at the same time, you just stopped them on defense, couple three and outs and your efficiency on offense took over because they didn't have the – you know, they didn't have the bodies. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I I think it plays again this year, but I think it's going to be a better game. I don't know how – I don't know if it's going to be a huge blowout, right, like or anything like that, and I'm going to hold off on my prediction until the week of I do the – this is how I roll. But I I do think you're going to see Heupel try to, throughout the season – Manage the speed. Uh, if 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 you don't try to manage it, it's not going to be pretty. Because like I said, like we we start, we LSU. You go to LSU, then you play Bama. First off, that two game slate right there is enough for anybody to have problems with. Like let's just be honest. Like for sure.
3: Texas, again, and
2: you got to hope you stay somewhat healthy by the time you get to Georgia.
1: Because you're, I mean, you know this. I mean, you've been you've been down to Louisiana. Go a night game at LSU. First off, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. It's it's just different environment. Like, not even yeah. just. Well, the any
2: any person that can start drinking hard liquor at seven in the morning and still be able to function by a late night kick scares me.
1: And there's and the thing about it is they're not they're not taking breaks or trying to manage it. They just go. No, it's just like it's like hydrating. Yeah, I mean, must uh, drink water, go Tigers. Like that's how we roll down there. It yeah. Sounds like like, but no, I, I think it'll be interesting game though, right? I think. Like I said, I hate to say this because I, I hate the balls. I hate Orange, but I mean, I do think that they're going to be a threat in the East. How much of a threat is the question, right? I, I still think it's Georgia's to lose by far. I, I think you see him finish second in the East. I'm with that. Like, I think that's a fair yeah, assessment.
2: Well, well, it's, it's Especially it's, it's like here I said, too, man. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, the only bigger threat in the East outside of Georgia and Tennessee right now is China. I mean, if you really look at it, you're not wrong. You're not
1: wrong. Jake, so before we wrap this thing up, my man, tell us about tell us a little bit more about Crane & Company. The, I think the last time you were on, man, you were actually doing the j Boys show. That's how that's that's yep. throwback right
2: there. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell us, a little, yeah, tell us man. a little bit more about Crane & Company. Definitely, man. Well, we go live uh, 2 to 3 Central uh, every weekday. You can find us on YouTube. It's Crane & Company, C-R-A-N-N Company. We're the sports show for The Daily Wire. Uh, have been since January, uh, transitioned from the J-Boy show to and Company. Uh, so now we talk NFL as well, which I've loved. We talked basically just college football uh, when we were doing the J-Boy show. I mean, we've had – just had Brian Harson, Chris Doring, Cole Kublick, uh, Takio Spikes, David Pollock. We got um, uh, Barrett Sali coming on today. So, yeah, man, uh, we have three people that talk. Basically, me, I you know, coached for nine years, six at the Division One level. David Cohn played quarterback at Michigan. My brother played at Western Colorado. So, um, no, it's, uh, it's been great, man. We're having a lot of fun, and it's football season. So, we do bets as well. Uh, shout out to the Booster Club. So, yeah, man, come check us out.
1: Ah, uh, the Booster Club. Yes, the booster club.
2: <laughs> you already know. Good oh, friends no. of the brigade.
1: Yeah, that, you know what, though? That's how we roll. Just, but no, sure. so I, listen, so check him out, 3 o'clock, YouTube, right? Check out, listen, I, I, you know, tell, I, I need you to tell Cole. all right? I need you to tell Cole. Hope he didn't take that ass whipping personally.
2: I hope hey, he look, listen, I will tell him, I will remind him of that every day because one thing I've learned, from having a buddy that's a Michigan fan, is there are Michigan fans absolutely everywhere?
1: They really, yeah, that's the crazy thing. There really, they really are Michigan fans everywhere. It's weird. You don't expect it, yeah. but yeah, it's, but now I think, I think you probably heard it enough. Tell, uh, tell replacement Cone, he needs to get a star for the show, by the way.
2: Yeah, we're uh, we're thinking about maybe bringing him in. You know, once a week, he he doesn't have a lot to say, but when he does talk, everybody listens. It's a real Yoda situation.
1: Now, what about baby? Cone? You know, I heard uh, baby cone as well.
2: Uh, is that's where you get your picks, and that's where you make your money, dude, bro. Baby cone, his we we uh, let baby cone pick two picks a day. Uh, if you don't know, he's a ten month old uh, savant. He's the rain man of sports betting. I think overall right now he's like seventy-three and fifty-two. So he's That's he's right. actually the one providing the income for the house right now, uh at the Cone household from a betting standpoint. Better, uh so uh yeah, we give Cone a little bit of uh trouble on that.
1: Do better, Cole. That's all I'm gonna say. Until <laughs> tell, tell tell your uh tell your brother Blaine, by the way, his beard game is on par, but it needs to be he can do better.
2: Well, you know, the stash right now, him and Peter Burns kinda had a stash off, you know, who was really uh, about it. Uh and look, he looks good now. It does look like, you know, he's either going to he's a seventies lifeguard or he's gonna come and uh try and sell you a reverse mortgage. But other than that, it looks good.
1: I'm torn. I'm I'm really torn, you know. When I had when I had long hair, it was the Jeremiah Johnson effect. But you know, you gotta <laughs> keep this thing you gotta keep this thing clean, you know. That's how got to keep it steady. No doubt. Hey man, look, thanks for again. Uh thanks again for coming on. I think it was good to have that insight on Tennessee and everything. Um Listen. If you're listening, if you're watching, go follow Jake, uh, Blaine, Adam, the guys over at Crane and Company. Uh, even go follow Replacement Cone, and he's he's got yes. his own Twitter account. He's he should be verified here in the next week or so, but we'll see. Um, he should
2: but, be, or else Flame and Dragon's going to burn down the whole set on Friday. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, there you go. Get Ben on there to make it appreciate happen. Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> uh, absolutely, guys. With that being said, have a great one, Jake. And for the rest of the brigade. Have a great day. We'll catch you back Friday and go, dogs.